Welcome back to the Beaver Banter Podcast. I'm Nick Daschle, and I cover Oregon State football and basketball for the Oregonian and Oregon Live. The Beavers finished their regular season Saturday against Oregon with a 12-30 game in, in Research Stadium. OSU's coming off a nice little 31-7 win over Arizona State last Saturday. They, they improved their record to 8-3, 5-3 in the Pac-12, and they're Clearly in the in the race to finish, you know, somewhere around third, fourth, or fifth in the, in the conference standings if they can finish the season off with a win. Joining me on the podcast as he does every week is former Oregon State cornerback Kyle White. Welcome back, Kyle. Thank you, thank you. All right, I'm not even sure where we should go to start with here, but we'll figure it out. Let's see. I think maybe I'm going to start with the rankings. Oregon State. Uh, let's see. Today we're we're taping this on twenty one. We're taping this on Tuesday. Yeah, they were number twenty one in the college football playoff rankings. Number twenty two in the AP and coaches. Well, I'm just curious. Did you see that coming? Truthfully, honest, I didn't. That I mean, that was a a positive light on it. You know, we talked about at the beginning of the season, they had potential of going like eight and four and, you know, like that's just good for me. Uh, but now you look at it and now we're like nationally ranked and we've been now for three weeks. So we were 23 came off, came back 23. Now again, 21. I mean, for any Oregon State fan, this has just been a dream. This is awesome. This is cool. This is exciting. And there's so much that we have uh, to love for this program and like the uh, potential that Coach Smith and the roster can take this to go. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, if Oregon State could beat Oregon and then polish it off with a bowl win somewhere, I I don't know where that's going to be. I I honestly think it's going to be the Sun Bowl, but it might be better than that depending on what happens this weekend. I mean, at 10 and 3, I, I could see Oregon State finishing in the top 12 in the polls, which, I mean, good grief. Given what this program was like five years ago, <laughs> that's huge. No offense to you, Kyle, but, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I won't lie. I love it regardless. I mean, yeah, from going from the team that was completely horrible that had at one point a two-win season, I want to say, or a four-win season, either one, and then – you got a team that turned it, flips it completely opposite, and they're murdering it. It's like, you know, I'm just excited to see the program do well. Wish I was on this team now. But regardless, you know, I love to stay a part of the program and, you know, get to have my little two cents and input every week. So, uh, yeah, love, love Oregon State and love the accomplishments that they've had going on. So I, I thought we might talk a little bit about bowls, but I, I started thinking, I, I'm not even sure it's relevant right now because it just depends on what happens. It just depends on what happens Saturday. If Oregon State wins, it just it kind of depends what Washington does and what Utah does. Well, Utah's going to be Colorado for sure, but um, UCLA depends what happens with UCLA and Cal. I mean, there could be a better bowl game out there. I mean, everything is really – I mean, I've even heard crazy talk that Oregon State could be, you know, if everything broke right and Beavers beat the Ducks by, I don't know, three or four touchdowns, that maybe the Rose Bowl is a possibility. I, I don't honestly believe that, but – but but I mean I just think I just think in, in any situation where Oregon State and Washington are tied somewhere, 
the Rose Bowl has to take the Huskies. I mean, the fact that they beat the Ducks and beat Oregon State. I mean, I, if I was Washington, I'd scream if 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 they took Oregon State to a Rose Bowl. But I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I think there's a slight possibility of the Holiday Bowl, a slight possibility of of the Vegas Bowl. Most likely, it's going to be the Sun Bowl. I don't think they're going to return to the LA Bowl. There's a couple bowls below that 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 are in the in the mix too. But I, I think it's probably better if we just stick with. They're going somewhere. Probably the sun, but maybe something a little better. Maybe something a little below that. So, I guess well, I guess we'll we'll, we'll go from here. Is maybe we'll start with the Arizona State game um, because that's kind of the freshest memory. I don't know if that was their best game of the year, but it was pretty close. And given the fact, I I think it might be just given the fact they were dealing with all the injuries they dealt with, and they still played like a top 15 team. I mean, it just didn't matter. I mean, they did whatever they wanted to a, a team that's down, but it was senior day. I mean, they, they played with some emotion and Oregon state just broke them. They, they just broke them in the third quarter. Arizona state just gave up in the third quarter. Cause Oregon state was just better. And I mean, that was impressive to watch, but I mean, start I, with a, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think there was a couple parts to it that I loved. It was one. I remember hearing before the game that coach Smith was really going to try to focus on the pass game. Uh, you know, you could see that the ball got out a lot. It was getting around, pushed around everywhere. You know, they made a lot of plays offensively. And, you know, secondly, I love the defense and, you know, we had a lot of guys hurt, but you never, not one piece seemed as if it was actually missing. Uh, they played well. They played organized. They played together and in sync. I mean, yeah, like again, they played as if they were a ranked team and they came out and beat the brakes off of Arizona State. And that, I mean, that's all you really want to see is no matter who's hurt, the second guy comes in and they make it seem as if nothing even happened. So, well, the, 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 the game plan early on was pretty smart, I thought, by, by Brian Lingren is that he, he wanted to get Ben Gulbrunson going early, and I think they threw the ball on three or four of the first. I think he threw three straight passes to start the game. I mean, they were all you know low, high percentage, you know, short balls that he could get in some rhythm, and he did. And then, the, and then they were able to turn to the running game, and then they were able to keep Ben going. He was fifteen out of his first seventeen. I mean, at one point we were thinking this was going to be the the best game by a quarterback percentage wise in, in school history at 15 out of 17, he was right there. And then he, he threw some incompletions and sort of brought the percentage down a little bit. But the point is when, when he, when he was hot, I mean, they were rolling and, and I just thought Ben's command of everything out there was, was, it was, was an A effort. I mean, he seemed to always get Oregon state in the right play. He threw the ball with accuracy I mean, he, and he, and for the first time this year, he ran the ball himself, ran nine times for 36 yards and kept, kept drives alive. Only one of those, only one of those runs was a design run. The rest of them were, was Ben going, okay, the play's not there. I'm just going to take, I'm just going to take it and see what I can get out of it. And he didn't always just go flat out, go down. I mean, a couple of times he, he put his shoulder into a guy and got a couple extra yards, so I don't know. I don't know what you saw to Ben, but but I, I thought that was if that wasn't his best game, it was probably one of his top two. Well, I think that's just the opening of Ben. Like we were saying earlier in the season, you know, like he is a redshirt freshman. You know, we is Nolan going to come back and 
I think Ben is the future of this found of this organization of Oregon State. And so, you know, like as he's getting those reps, as he's getting the time and as he's getting the plays in game, he's starting to have this understanding of an awareness of like when to actually get rid of the ball, uh, to pass the ball, where to seeing coverages and then knowing when to run the ball himself. So, you know, like he doesn't have interceptions. He doesn't have bad incompletions. He can still get yards. So I think the more that he's in, the more confidence he's getting. And the more that Coach Smith is trusting, the more he's going to be able to be that person to lean on. Uh, Just him and Martinez in the backfield, you got two young guys, but they understand and they play as if they're upperclassmen. And so, you know, like when you have that, that just sets a great foundation for the next couple of years coming down the road. And so I respect, I think he played amazing, and I think he is leading the team to a bright future in the coming years. Yeah, I don't know if I, I'm willing to say he's the quarterback for years to come, but I but I would say he has got to be the quarterback Saturday, which he will be. I, the Nolan is not ready to come back yet. And he's got to be the he's got to be the game, the quarterback for the bowl game too. I just I just think he's earned that. The offense is running well under him. I don't think you can make a change at this point, even if Chance Nolan is a hundred percent in you know late December when a bowl game comes around, because Ben has earned the right to keep this job. Now, come spring ball, if they want to have a competition, you know, Chance Nolan was the starter this year. He he earned that job. So I think at a minimum they got to give him they got at least give him a chance you know to compete with Ben for the starting job next year. But for this year, it's got to be Ben Galbertson, I, I think. Yeah, I don't see anybody else taking the spot. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a great fight come next year between Ben and uh, Nolan. But I mean, if I'm looking future wise, I would take Ben just because he is younger and you have more years to help him develop. Um, yeah, there's, you know, as a redshirt freshman, freshman, sophomore, there's stuff that you're always not going to be able to be great at. But with you being a starter and getting that experience, there's always ways that you can progress and get better at. Yeah. Now, as a quarterback, you look pretty good when you got a guy like Damian Martinez back there. I mean, he is on he is on a heater right now. Five straight games over 100 yards. I mean, five games ago, he had 120, no, he had 145 yards rushing for the season. He's now at 867. I mean, he's, he's on the doorstep of a thousand yards after really with almost nothing after five games. I mean, he's the hottest. I, I mean, he's as hot as anybody in the Pac 12 at this point on the offensive side, anyway. Um, just what does a guy like that mean to both sides of the ball for Oregon State, knowing you've got a guy you can hand it off to? And I mean, even if he's even if he stopped, as you saw Saturday several times, he got stopped for two yards, and he ended up getting seven, eight, nine, ten yards out of it because they just couldn't put him on the ground. Um, what what does that do for a, for a team both sides of the ball to know you have a guy like that? I mean. It's it's very it's a lot of confidence and it's like you know like you have a lot of belief in one guy. So at first I believed that it was Coletto, Jack Coletto, and you know like he was that guy. Like when you needed the yards, you can get the yards. But then Martinez sort of came in and he developed himself, got that confidence to like know that he is that guy, and it's it spread like a wildfire. 
Like, you know, like you believe in him. And when you need those yards, those yak yards, the down and distance, and it's there, he's a guy you can also go to. So they now have more than one person to lean on. And, I mean, Martinez, he shows how capable he is, even as a true freshman, to lead this team and, you know, be the ground game that they need to excel with. So, uh, yeah, it's great for a, a team to have somebody like him. I think Oregon State is doing phenomenal. Their O-line trusts him like no other, and they're going to block like no other for him. So I respect everybody on that team, that staff, and Martinez is absolutely killing it right now. Yeah. On the defensive side, I, I think as I mentioned earlier, I mean they they remain they were as good as they they were as good as they've been all year with plenty of injuries uh, Saturday. I mean, who would have known that Oregon State could play the way they did without Jaden Grant, without Alex Austin? I mean, that's they didn't really give up a whole lot. They've the, Oregon State's defense has given up one touchdown in the last two games. The I mean Cal Cal scored Cal scored its only touchdown on a um fumble. on a fumble return and then you know Arizona State had that one second second quarter touchdown that's it that's all they've given up the last two weeks I mean this this defense is every week it just seems like we keep saying looks like the best defense in the Pac twelve and they're they're proving us right yeah I think they're just getting better and better. They're hitting all cylinders regardless of who's in the game, and it's starting to show that Oregon State has more depth than just their first string. And so, you know, when you have that, it's it's harder to beat because no matter if a guy comes out, the next guy that comes in is just as good as the first guy. So I think that, you know, like as the end of this year comes, the beginning of next year, I feel like it, it's just going to pick up where it left off. And it's just going to be still really well. So I'm excited to see this game, especially this week, uh, with their receivers, with a mobile quarterback, and really like how well this defense plays. Because I think this is going to be one. It's you know it's Oregon Oregon State. It's the rivalry of the state. On top of they have a great quarterback. The schedules, the way that the records are showing right now, Oregon's doing really well. Oregon State's doing really well. And I think this this game is anybody's game, and I'm excited to watch it. I think the best part about it is that it's in research, so we have all the ability to come out with a win. Yeah, I, I thought there. I thought one one guy that had made a big play that sort of went under the radar was um, Easton Mascarenas Arnold. He had a sack of Arizona State's quarterback during the second quarter. It just seemed to take take uh, you know Arizona State out of the rhythm in their passing game because they seemed like they were getting some stuff going. And he sacked them on third down, and after that, they really didn't do much through the air. It just seemed like they were they were you know, the only thing they had was Valaday, the running back. He he had that one drive where he ran the ball quite a bit, but after that, they really didn't do much. I I, I thought that I thought that sack was big, and then I thought they 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 put a lot of pressure on 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 their quarterback too. That. The, the Oregon State's pressure on the quarterback, even though it doesn't show up in the sack tolls, really, really been kind of impressive this year on how they can make they can make quarterbacks throw before they want to throw it. No, yeah, I agree. I think like their D line, even though they don't get the pressure for sacks sometimes or not, our blitz packages are amazing. 
Our hurry ups are great. And so, you know, they get to ways of pressure, which, you know, like that can throw a quarterback off. And so I think even though you can say, oh, they don't have the biggest or the best D line, we have a very strategically smart D line and they know what to do, when to do it. And so I think that Oregon State's really good at that. Yeah. I love, I mean, I love sometimes how Spates will walk up to the line of scrimmage. And they, they have no idea if he's coming or not. And 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 there'll be other guys that'll walk up to the line of scrimmage. There'll be times when they got seven guys just standing there. And I'm sure the quarterback is just trying to figure out who's who's coming and who's not. And um it's they they've really they've they got so they got a lot of stuff going up there that is making it tough on opposing quarterbacks, but uh which leads me to one other one other the one area of Oregon State's game that hasn't been good lately is the kicking game at least the field goal unit I mean the the, the kickoffs have been fine the punting's been great the if, you know extra points or extra points but the kicking game is for field goals it doesn't cost Oregon State a game of late but man nine what was oh, what is the number was it nine of is it nine? Of, yes, nine of seventeen is what they are. They're worse than the Pac-12 by quite a bit. Um, I don't know. At this point, I'm not sure they can fix anything. But, but I'm just thinking they may need to start going on fourth down in any sort of short yardage situation, fourth and five or shorter, um, because the kicking game has just become so unreliable that I, I just don't know that you can send your, you know, I, I understand Everett Hayes has had some issues with groin injuries this year, but you know, it, you know, it is what it is. I think you just gotta, I think you just have to start going for it more on, on in short yardages because I, I just, I just don't, I'm not, I'm not seeing any confidence at all from this kicking game. No, I agree. Uh, I think that the kicking game for Oregon state right now is pretty stressful. I mean, if I were a coach, I'd go for it more times than not on fourth down. Fourth and short, fourth and second, third, fourth or fifth. Yeah, five, I'm going for it just because you're seeing week in and week out three points not being converted. And, you know, like you never know what's going to come to it. You know, at the beginning of the season, we're winning games by just a little. But, yeah, as of late, we've been winning games by a decent margin, which is nice. But what happens when a game like this upcoming game could be where it's going to rely on your field goal kicker? And do you trust it? Does he trust himself? Does he have the confidence to make it? Is he going to make it? it statistically, it doesn't seem that way. So, you know, like, it's stressful as a coach. And so when you look back at or at Jonathan Smith's sort of, like, resume, fourth downs, he can go for it. He understands how to get those yards. and so. On my side, I would think that he would go for it just because it's like, hey, I'm not sure if you're going to make a field goal or not or a three-point conversion. Like, I That's what I need, but I don't know if you have the ability to do so. But I know that I have this team, the offense, that can get that third down, fourth down conversion to keep the chains moving to hopefully either yeah. put us in a better position for you to get it or for us to score. So that's where I would go. Yeah, and I think Coletto's going to be back this week. Um, that that's kind of that's kind of where I think things are headed. I mean, we're not one hundred percent sure if he's back, but if he's back, that makes those decisions a little easier to to do too. I, I just think at this point in the season, you just got you are what you are, and and you just you can fix the kicking game during spring practice in the summer. Right now, right now, just 
do what you got to do to keep the drive, keep drives going. Uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't kick a field goal unless it was something right in front of the goalpost pretty much at this point. But, <laughs> um, okay. So that's enough Arizona state talk. That's in the rearview mirror. Now we're on to the, now we're on to the main course here. The, the Oregon ducks coming to coming to research stadium. You played in two of these. I one, did. one, you won one. It was 2016. You lost one in 2017. Yes. Unfortunately, the loss is the one that people remember the most. Am yes, I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong there? Not at all. And that is the one that haunts me for days. I still remember that day as if it was last week. Um, man, all I can remember is they had that, uh, some song like wave surfing going on. Like it seemed like every 30 seconds they would score. And then they would play that song, and you look at the whole crowd just going back and forth, side to side. And, I mean, yeah, they didn't let up the whole game. And it was hurtful. It sucked. And that's the way my college career ended. And then, what, 30 minutes after that, we got on the bus. And about five minutes after that, we all saw a text or gotten some message that said the Oregon State staff was fired. And it was just like, thing after thing and man it was it was not a fun day to go out as your last game for Oregon State but on the flip yeah. note yeah we won in 2016 yeah that was at Reeser and that was a bit I mean what do you remember from that game the ground game the rain the cold the hype the bad calls the, uh, them storming the field, Marcus McMarion throwing a great game, uh, literally Ryan all with great with a good game. Uh, that game was amazing. It was it's definitely one that you remember like play by play. Uh, the atmosphere is awesome. The crowd is amazing, and yeah, again, it was so rainy and in ways that played to our advantage, and we were so prepared for it. Uh, so yeah, I loved every moment of that game and just hated every moment of the next one. Yeah, there was some run up to uh, that last that that second one too, wasn't there? With the you know, <laughs> a lot of a lot of talking and how much how much of that stuff was 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 accurate that uh, the stuff Oregon was was getting all fired up about. Uh, I was uh, yeah, there was a lot a lot of talk coming into that game and it was all pretty real. So yeah, yeah, yeah. What did uh? <laughs> What, what what was that like on the field during early in the game? Were they were they saying stuff to you guys as as as, as they were running into the end zone every three seconds? Or um... truly, I don't even remember. There was moments that like I remember the game. I don't remember the score. I don't want to remember the score. I don't want to know what it is. So don't have to tell me. Um, okay. But I remember. Score. I remember like them scoring. I don't remember what happened after the score. I just remember being right back on the field, and it happened again, yeah. and it happened again, and it happened again. And so, like, it was just a repeating moment the whole game. It just seemed as if they stayed in the end zone, and it was. Yeah. I don't even remember our offense really being out there. I think at one point, uh, Mason Moran played quarterback. I don't remember if Daryl played quarterback. Um, who else? I mean, it it was definitely probably like one of the ugliest games, one in my career, and two I feel like almost an Oregon State 
like sort of history. Not a, not a, not not a game you want to end your career on, but you don't you don't really get that choice. It, it's <laughs> a, it's it's a, it's it's over, and you know you know. Anyway, so let's flip here to twenty twenty two. Oregon State was to win this game, they'd be nine and three. Like like we talked earlier, it opened some doors, you know, perhaps for some bigger bowl games. You talked to, you know, you talked to former players. What what do you think Oregon State being nine and three would mean mean to you know former players in this program? I think we'd all be super excited. I mean, my whole my whole group. I think everybody'd be beyond happy. And I think when you think of like the state of Oregon, let's say when we lost every game a season all year long, but it came to Oregon, Oregon state game and we'd win that. It's almost as if we'd won the whole season. So with us having a good winning season so far, and then we're to come out with this win, I feel that it would make any fan, any alumni, everybody just so excited and just like happy for weeks on end because we would be the champs of the state. And so, I mean, I know for a fact, as soon as that'll happen, I will be wearing beaver gear through the whole next year, up until the next Civil War, because you are the champs, you're the state title. You know, it's. I think every beaver alum would be the same. Do you have any, um, any friends or former ducks at all? Yeah, I made a bet with my boss. She's a duck. I said that I have so much faith in Oregon State this week that I made a bet and said every day of work, when we win, you will come in in beaver gear for a full week. She said, bet. And if you lose, you wear duck gear for a week. Wow. Yeah. I look back at that and I don't know why I sort of did that, but I have a lot of faith in this team and I know that it's going to be a great game. Well, we might need to see some need to see some photos of this. Uh, <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah. Well, I, 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 you know, I, I, I can't really root for either team, but I'll just say I'll, I'm hoping you you don't have to wear duck gear. Let's let's just say that. So, <laughs> so um, am I. <laughs> um, so Oregon's defense, it's it's been inconsistent. I don't think that's any mystery, and they've been a little bit vulnerable to the pass, but. They did play well against Utah, so you know you got to respect what they what they did last week for sure. And they've had moments where they've been where they've been pretty stout, particularly against the run. And that's part of the problem here. You know, Saturday is that Oregon State's going to want to run the ball, and I kind of think for them to win, you know, they're going to have to get something out of the passing game, and they're probably going to have to get something deep in the passing game because that's really where Oregon seems to be most vulnerable is is throwing deep. You need Anthony Gould back. I think he's he's one key. He, he didn't play last week because um, you need as you need as many receivers that can make big plays as as possible. And there's no question that Anthony Gould's one of one of Oregon State's best big play guys. Um, do you think Oregon State's got it in them to you know have a have a big game through the air? Even if you know again they're going to run the ball. There's no question about that. But I do think they're going to have to. This is going to have to be this is going to have to be Ben's. Probably his best game in terms of yard passing yardage, I would think. I think that this Oregon State team might play their best game this week just because of the game that it is and the team that they're playing. I mean, when you look at the rivalry, yeah, it's not a Alabama 
Auburn or anything like Texas Texas A&M or any other school. But the thing that it holds most and most value to are these players. And so I think they come out with a whole different mentality than they have almost all season where they want to make every play and they know that every play counts. And I think that Bolden's going to be a star asset. Harrison's going to come up with great catches. Martinez is going to somehow get loose and it's going to happen. I think Ben's going to play a good game because the people around him are going to want to play their best game. And so I think this is going to be just a great game to watch. And it's, I'm really excited and stressed and like I have been all season nervous and every, all you got all the emotions and they're going to feel every emotion as well. But the main emotion they'll feel is overly focused on doing everything they can to come out with the win. I was going to ask, did you have any, um, I asked Jonathan this and I didn't, I don't feel like I got a great answer out of him, but I said, you know, with players, they, they, they run a, a wide range of emotions when they go into this rivalry game against Oregon, you know, some of them, you know, Oregon's Oregon's just another game, you know, not, they know it's the rival and they know people are going to care about it, but you know, they didn't, they either didn't grow up in the rivalry or, you know, whatnot. And then you got the other, you got some other people that just have, you know, this intense hatred for Oregon and, you know, nothing about Oregon makes them happy at all. And I'm just curious for those type of people that just hate Oregon, the, the players that just hate Oregon, is it, is that a good thing or at some point you have to dial that back a little bit so you can focus on what needs to happen in the game? I don't know if you had any teammates that, you know, were just out and out, you know, had total distaste for Oregon. I don't think we had any, like, not that I had in my memory, we had anybody that like had like a dire hate, but they understood the situation. They understood who it was and, uh, how much this game meant to the university and any alum. Um, so there was a lot, a lot, of, actually, there was one person, he had no hate, but his emotions were definitely raw to the team. And in ways you can capture that and you can use it as it's dispersed through the team. And, you know, like the, everybody gets that same energy. And so you play hungry, you play bigger, better, faster, stronger, so on and so forth, however you want to name it. And I think that that energy is good, but for that specific player, it had it has to be dialed in a certain way because what can lead up to it is penalties, uh, false starts, so on and so forth. But like when that energy is pulled outright, it is emotion that is then turned to the whole team. And yeah. yeah, they use it to a positive. So I think, you know, we had like, we don't really have anybody that like hates Oregon, but we understand how big of a game it is. But at the same time, it's just like every other game. And that's what right. we're told all week. It's just like the next game. But there's that but on it, you know? So. Right. The. Uh, you know, the biggest matchup in this game, obviously, is going to be Oregon State's defense against against Oregon's offense. And, and more specifically, how Oregon State's defense contains Bo Nix. I mean, Oregon, Oregon State's defense right now is hitting on all cylinders. 
I'm going to guess Alex Austin returns this week. I'm going to, I'm going to guess, you know, Jaden Grant's going to be questionable. I don't know if he's going to be able to play or not, but I think everybody else is going to be available. I think, I think Coletto is going to be available. Um, it's just not going to be enough to stop Oregon's run. You know, they're going to have to impact Bo Nix. I don't know if they can get him on the ground, but they got to impact him and, and keep the big plays to a minimum. I, I'm so, and I'm, and I'm wondering, okay, can Oregon state do that? And they've, they've proven they could do that with, you know, a number of good quarterbacks in this league, but I'm looking at what they've done at home this year. And to me, it would be surprising if Oregon, had a big game on Saturday, just given what Oregon State's done at home this year. I mean, you look at what Oregon State's done. They gave up 17 points to Boise. They gave up 17 to USC. They gave up 10 to Washington State. They gave up 9 to Colorado. They gave up 10 to California, but really only gave up 3 because that was a fumble. So, I mean, they've given up, what, 30, 34, 44, 53. The defense has given up 56 points in five home games. That's just that's like 10 and a half a game. I mean, that's pretty good. And then you look at the numbers. I mean, Boy- Boise, they gave up three, uh, 311. Um, SC was 357. Uh, Washington State was 378. Uh, Colorado was under 300. California was under 200. I mean, Oregon's not going to get 500. They're just not. And if they do, you know, well done because that just doesn't seem possible. So I, I don't know. I, I mean, as, as much of a challenge as it's going to be for Oregon state, I think Oregon's going to be even more challenged to, to crack Oregon state's defense in this game. And those numbers that you just called out, you can even go back to the year before and run those numbers. I mean, we won every home game in the year 2021. So, I mean, I think that the home field advantage for us is something that's so much more serious than a lot of places. I think the fans have came in and it became a bigger impact. I think that the team understands this is our home field. This is where we play and we're going to always do our best here, no matter what in front of our fans and our family. And I mean, yeah, I think that it's going to be a hard task for Bo Nix and the Oregon offense, but I I think that, yeah, just, just as much Oregon state's going to have a real fight. And I think that they come out and they, they understand. And yeah, I agree with you on every point though. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here with a pick. What do you what do you what are you thinking for what are you thinking for Saturday? I was wondering when you were going to ask that. So I think it's going to be twenty one seventeen Beavers. Wow, that's that's almost what I was. My um, I'm, I'm I mean I think it's a fifty fifty game. It really is. I mean I, I, either team could win, but, but I think just given this at home, Oregon State's defense has been playing well. Oregon State, you know, Gulbertson's playing as his best level. I, I was going to pick a 21-16. I, I, I thought the Ducks will get three field goals and a touchdown, and the Beavers, since they don't kick field goals, they're going to get three touchdowns. So 21-16 is what I think. 21-17 is what you think. So let's see how smart we are come Saturday. We'll I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean I've, actually, I've had a pretty good year this year picking Oregon State games, you know, 
you know, so I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the, maybe the, maybe the, the whole thing comes crashing down on me on Saturday, but, but, but we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see what, we'll see where this goes. But I, I, I mean, yeah, pretty good chance to win Saturday. I, I, I really do. I mean, I, I wasn't sure that a couple of weeks ago, but, but I, I do, I do think that I do think they're going to win on Saturday. So, and obviously you do too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's slam the door on this thing. And that's, that's all the time we're going to have this week for this week, week's edition of the Beaver Banter podcast. Be sure to check out Oregon live for all our Oregon state content. We'll be back next week. And we'll, we'll wrap up the, wrap up the regular season with Oregon state and, and the Oregon game. And then we'll probably take a look at, at, at bowl possibilities and what it might mean and all that. And, um, see if this, we'll see if we're right or not. And, and then, but regardless whether we're right or not, we'll, we'll chop it up on, chop up see what what uh we can come up with from anal- analyzing uh, oregon oregon state so we'll see you next week